You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You just heard it. We're, we're nice, we're humble, we're kind. Diesel loves soccer and it's been on for the last week while we've been frolicking, eating turkey, trying to figure out what to do with 25 pounds of turkey meat for a family of four. Answer? Not sure yet. Welcome to the show. What's going on? I miss being on the air. Diesel. Missed you, buddy. How was your uh, How was your holiday? Good morning to you, Bill. I had a very enjoyable holiday. I hope you had the same. Great holiday. I think I owe you an apology. I don't even know why. Listener Bryce last week, last time we were on together, last Tuesday, was like, why are you mad at D-Cell? Like four days later, I go, I wasn't mad at D-Cell. He goes, oh, good. I'm just listening to the podcast. Apparently, I was mean. Uh, it may have been for a number of reasons. No, uh, no I would reasons. say it probably wasn't just one. No reasons. These are the words that make my heart sing, because I know we're going to hang out. You ready for him? Heart singing in three, two, one. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. I missed you, buddy. I hope you had. I'm glad you had a good holiday. Soup is apparently the key. We made a soup with a bunch of turkey, and we made a, what, am I, what is the word I'm looking for? Turkey stock. That took all weekend. We're using the whole bird, baby. We're making use of everything. Oh, we got a lot of stuff to get to. We will hit a little U.S. men's national team. An actual soccer story, truly and legitimately, right? I'm not I'm not exaggerating, Tom. Touched you, drew in your attention. You read a story about soccer. You sent it to me all excited, correct? Uh, that is a fact, 100% true, and uh, I'm excited to get to it. I'm very excited to tell the people the soccer story that, that won you over. College football chaos, way to go Michigan, a particular show, I won't say which one, but it rhymes with uh, Schmider than Moo, uh, told you Michigan was going to win that bad boy, Michigan more or less punches its ticket, Georgia remains Georgia, but there's some changes up top, USC in particular eyeing an opportunity in Lincoln Riley's first year, and there's I think a case still to be made for Alabama that could come when we get to these conference championship games this upcoming weekend, so we'll hit a, a bunch of college football. Uh, we're going to get into all the things that happen in the NFL. It makes sense of some of those stories. Ross Tucker, our buddy, longtime NFL player, NFL analyst, friend of the show, will be on the program in an hour. We've got by Selm, and I think we're going to sneak in a basket, Bill. I'm going to, I'm just, look, I love joy, all right? I'm a joyous, I'm a joyous cat. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. You can ask Diesel. A lot of puns, a lot of jokes when we prepare for the show. But that doesn't mean that I can't sometimes or shouldn't sometimes be the rainy cloud on the parade of delusion that exists for some sports fans. Lakers fans, I'm talking to you. We're going to get into why the Lakers, where they're doing it, the win streak is a farce, it's a lie, it's a joke. It doesn't make sense. All right, let's 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 start here, though. I um, We have been on the air as a group since last Tuesday. Uh, Diesel was working last Wednesday. We had a lot of great fill-ins. Thank you to all those folks. A lot of things have happened. But for me, and this primarily took place yesterday in the NFL, for me, even though it's been a little bit shy of a week since I've been on the air, we have crossed a, a line, a, a line of demarcation in the National Football League, an era has shifted, or more likely an era in the NFL shifted already this season, but it became clear over the weekend. The last collection of quarterbacks, the position obviously, the talent when you can rise to the highest level of that position in the NFL, that defines the sport. The last era 
of quarterback play in the National Football League is over in Aaron Rodgers, in Tom Brady, in Russell Wilson, and the next era has begun. Now, it's it's a dangerous thing to write off Tom Brady. It's a dangerous thing to, to write off, in particular, I think, Aaron Rodgers, because when he's healthy, which he's not right now, we've at least seen an ability. He's a two-time reigning MVP for Rodgers to play at a high level. And even Russell Wilson, when he retires, when he's in the Hall of Fame, when this Denver debacle is forgotten, and we'll see how long it takes, because this is year one of a multi-year contract that may be the worst, in literally in the history of professional sports, but when it's said and done, those guys, Russ included, are going to be considered the first best quarterback in the history of the sport in Tom Brady. Probably somewhere in the range of the third or fourth or fifth best quarterback in the history of the sport in Aaron Rodgers. And I think all of us, myself included, will hesitate and want him higher, but have trouble, unless you're a Packers fan listening in Wisconsin, putting him there because of the, the singular Super Bowl he's likely to have on his resume. And then Russell Wilson, and this will take longer, I think, to forget the ugliness that's taking place in Denver, is easily a top-ten quarterback in the history of the NFL, and maybe a little bit higher. Those guys, those three, have defined for this century, along with Peyton Manning, quarterback play in the league. And that means they've defined winning, they've defined success, they have been the touchstone and the thing you look to. If you are a quarterback and you want to play in the National Football League, if you're coming up through high school football and college football, those are the guys who define the top level of excellence. And their story is incredible, and it is unique, and it is absolutely covered in glory, and it's over. It's done. It's finished. Time comes for everybody, and when it comes in this sport, it comes in pain and humiliation and the really sad reality that it's moved on past you. And all three of those things on display over the course of the weekend. Let's recap. You probably know. Let's recap. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Packers are a damn mess. They just are. What are they, 4-8 and eight right now? I can't even get my arms around the actual schedule for record for Green Bay because it's so against what I'm accustomed to and what I'm used to. 4-8. And, and Aaron Rodgers, who we found out, again, over the last week, had this thumb injury, had this broken thumb he was playing through. And say what you want about Rodgers, man. Does he make life difficult on his teammates? Yes. Is he tough to be around? Yes. But he's also just tough. And I, I don't often buy the, okay, I'm injured and this is the way that it is stuff that gets put out there after the fact. In Rodgers' case, it seems it is true. And, and I don't think he's suddenly leaking into people because he's feeling sorry for himself. It came out, and he's like, yeah. And then he got hurt yesterday, and we don't know quite when. He took three sacks where it appears he damaged his, his ribs, had some trouble breathing, and the concerns run deeper than that because after the game and talking about what the injury could be and tests that he's going to do again when he, when he says tomorrow, that is today, Aaron Rodgers, I, th- I thought, again, pretty straightforwardly, not complaining, painted a pretty bleak picture of where he's at physically. That's ribs. Um, and it was in the first half and then got kind of re-aggravated in the third quarter. Just having a hard time breathing and rotating my upper body. So I was worried uh, about a punctured lung as well. So I want to get that checked out. Um, get a scan tomorrow. Unless you pull an Andrew Luck, or maybe you're lucky enough to walk away the way Peyton Manning did. Although Peyton Manning has this weird reality in that he walked away at the top of the sport while he was still not at the top of the sport individually, right? He was able to leave as a Super Bowl champion, but with the clear-cut reality, it's time to go, and I don't have the same physical gifts. John Elway, another quarterback, 
who was able to leave at the top of the sport in the sense of his last moments were champion moments, two in a row for, for Elway at the end. That's rare. What's more common is someone like Aaron Rodgers, who has defined greatness, who for me has not been good enough in the postseason, That's but that, that, and that is a, a judgment by a high standard, but still, the guy has been, whatever it is, 1-4 I think is the right number in NFC Championship games, has let down the Packers several times by the sense and standards of the history that he's supposed to live up to because of his talent, but that guy has still been, that, that aside, an absolute winner. And eventually, even with his willpower, even with his stubbornness, even with his talent, even with the chip on his shoulder that goes all the way back to sit in that green room on draft night and falling and falling and falling to what turned out to be a blessing in disguise in the Packers, that guy has found ways to overcome whatever it is. That's over. It's done. To the point where Mike Florio, our friend at Pro Football Talk, was speculating yesterday when the injury happened that if Rodgers has this kind of injury, and we don't know the extent of it, but it's serious, and if the Packers have to decide or do decide to go to Jordan Love, again, the future stepping in, and not in the same way that for me the next era is probably in this order, Patrick Mahomes, I think Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, that's, that's the group, and there'll be other guys fighting for that. But Jordan Love stepped in yesterday, and if you didn't see it, pretty quickly led that team to a first down and then a really nice touchdown pass. He looked good. He had nine passes. I got it. Six for nine for a touchdown. It's not like I can make a huge assessment. But if the Packers decide they can't play Rodgers, or in conjunction with that, that they should not, that this should be, and I think it should be, an era of evaluation of Jordan Love, this is an opportunity to do that, and they're not playing for anything. They're mathematically not eliminated. I know Aaron Rodgers said that. They're over. It's done. It's finished. You may never see Aaron Rodgers on the football field again, is what Florio tweeted. Interesting. Interesting. Russell Wilson, if you're a Broncos fan, you just never want to see on the football field again. Broncos lost, and probably the, the worst loss of the weekend of the, of the big three quarterbacks, all three of them lost, by the way, to a Panthers team in which Sam Darnold is the quarterback, and that's really all that I need to say. And if you missed it, Russ got into, not even he got into it, one of his offensive linemen came over to him and was all fired up and screaming at him. This is a Broncos team that is and 3-8, that cannot move the football, that has a quarterback in Russell Wilson whose past and history and everything we talked about in terms of his legacy, his resume, got him a contract that if this continues, forget continues, if he doesn't become 15 times better than he is right now, will be one of the worst contracts in history. And it's become post-game, again, Aaron Rodgers about pain, Russell Wilson about humiliation about losses, about ugliness, about sounding like a goofball in a way that's not quite as winning when you're not winning, about, in this case, trying to explain why very clearly and publicly one of his teammates, one of the guys who's supposed to protect him, I think represented every Broncos player and fan when he went off on Russell Wilson in front of the cameras. Mike and I are on the same page. You know, we, he, um, he came off uh, you know, after they, I think they kicked the field goal and he, he, was, he was pissed off. He just said, we got we to gotta F and go, you know, and... Uh, I agree, you know, so me and him on the same page, we, you know, we're, we're, there's no, uh, there's no uh, animosity there at all. We, we're on the same page. We, we, we got to win, you know, we got to come out here and have some, uh, some, some grit to us, some mentality to us. We got to be able to win these, you know, these, these, these football games. And, um, you know, so those guys are out there battling every play, you know, in offense, we got to be able to capitalize. And so, um, so yeah, no, there, there's nothing there at all. I mean, me, me and him, there's, there was no, uh, you know, nothing there. You know, there, there's something there. It's just worse than animosity. It is an utter lack of confidence. It is frustration by looking at what you thought was a legend and seeing incompetence. 
time comes for everybody. We have crossed an era. The era of these guys is over. And by the way, that includes Tom Brady. Now, I know that, that this is a, a Buccaneers team that's in a really poor division. They don't need to win a lot of games to get into the postseason. But the loss, again, this weekend to the Browns, okay, in overtime, is quieter. It does involve potentially a punctured lung and some kind of rib injury and a broken thumb that, thumb that is limiting Aaron Rodgers. It does have some of the angst we've seen from Rodgers toward his team, although Tom Brady's, I think, is fair to speculate, has been based on his personal life, if not falling apart, certainly changing in pretty drastic ways. It's not the utter humiliation of Russell Wilson, but he's not the Tom Brady that we saw even a couple years ago. Hell, he's not the Tom Brady that we saw last year who, but for a couple plays, might have been in another Super Bowl. These things happen fast. Last year, Russell Wilson was on the cusp of getting to leave that Seattle team he wanted an exit from, signing a massive quarter of a billion dollar deal and looking like the savior of a Broncos team that were going to compete toe-to-toe with three other teams in AFC West. That's where we were a year ago. Now he's a disaster. A year ago, Tom Brady was still the greatest quarterback of all time and playing like it, and his presence alone made you a contender. Now, mediocre team, and you thank the lucky, your lucky stars that you're in that division. Aaron Rodgers a year ago was the MVP, was on course to another MVP season. Now he's a guy who can't and probably shouldn't stay on the field, and even when he's been out there, injury or otherwise, has not played well, has not performed well. Those three guys have defined a huge chunk of my career as someone who talks about sports for a living, have defined probably your fandom from a casual perspective if you're not a fan of that Seattle team of that Packers team, of the Patriots for a long time, and obviously Tampa Bay the last few years. And if you're one of those one of those markets, if you're listening in Seattle, if you're li- listening in the, the Upper Northeast, if you're listening in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Green Bay, Wisconsin, it's a whole other level of connection. And eventually, every era comes to an end. How interesting all three of those guys' eras have ended in the way that that was represented as greatness at the same time. Aaron Rodgers may or may not retire. Tom Brady probably does, and Russell Wilson will be around for a while, and everyone in Denver will be wishing he'd do something else for a living. It's over. And the next era is Patrick Mahomes, who we've barely talked about. Another win. Another victory. Patrick Mahomes, I don't, I, I don't have a ton of time. I guess I have all the time that I want, because I can just do whatever I want, but I want to be polite to Deason, who really worries about the clock. Patrick Mahomes, in his last 26 games in November and December, his last 26 NFL games in November and December, is 26-0. Joe Burrow made a Super Bowl last year when he shouldn't have, started 0-2, and has that team playing at a much higher level than we expected, largely because he's incredible. It's not like his offensive line suddenly became world-class. Josh Allen is on the cusp of the kind of success we've seen from Mahomes and the other three guys that I mentioned, which is say being good enough to be the focal point, the point of offense for a Super Bowl caliber team. We've crossed from one era to another. Tom Brady was great. Aaron Rodgers was great, and even though it's hard to remember through the jokes and the haze of ugliness, Russell Wilson was great. Those days are behind us. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. I'm so excited about these words. Cell is excited to talk soccer! One story touched his heart and changed him. I'm serious. We're going to get into that next year on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show on this Monday. Diso, are you of the mind, good morning, Tom, are you of the mind that the, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is torturous because you're working between the holidays or like me, it feels sort of like a little bit tinged with a little bit of a holiday cheer, right? A little, I come off a vacation. I know another one's coming. I had a bunch of turkey. I'm going to open some presents. I got to get a Christmas tree. It's all happening. Uh, good morning, Bill. Uh, yet again, we don't see eye to eye on this one. I was just talking this morning with, uh, with a coworker here on how I feel this time of the year is torturous. Real? Yeah, really? we, got, we got four weeks. Four weeks until the, like... I, w- I would explain Christmas as the big holiday, right? Like, I feel like Thanksgiving is the appetizer to Christmas. And uh, it's a little torturous these next four weeks. Like, you know the holiday's coming. It's still a whole month away. There's still a ways to go. It feels closer than it is. So it gets a little torturous. Will you um, get the Christmas tree early, break out the eggnog now, do some Christmassy things to feel like you're in the spirit. A big point of contention in the D-cell house. My wife wanted the Christmas tree up prior to Thanksgiving. Can't do that. Can't do that. I'm with you on that one. We did not put it up. All right. Here's the deal, though. Okay. The tree is up now. The tree is still not decorated, though. I think it's a strong move. We intended to get the tree this weekend, and then what happened was I didn't want to. But... (laughs) I plan to get it this week. My kids like to decorate. See, my kids are older than your kids. I got 13 and 10. Will is, is what, a, a year and a half or a little a little more? A uh, year and a half. You nailed it. A year and a half. And uh, my kids will just go in and, and they'll rock the tree. My daughter's now doing dishes. And I think I told you we couldn't find a, um, a turkey, like a 12-pound turkey. So we bought a 25-pound turkey. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of meat. So we, we, um, we made turkey soup last night. It was amazing. Madeline is into chopping now. And, like, cooking. Wow. Okay, cooking and doing the dishes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel like um, Tom Sawyer, where he tricks the kids, and it's really fun to paint the fence. Like, my, my daughter's doing the <laughs> dishes. She's cooking. It's great. And she's enjoying those chores. She's enjoying the Because cooking. they're not actually called chores, right? Because she is enjoying them. No, we basically like, you guys are doing chores. She's oh, got it. Like, yeah, no, it's... Mom and daddy are lazy. Um, soccer happened. Did you? All right, tell the truth. Because I watched. I'm on the West Coast. I did not get up for 2 a.m. games, but I did get up for some 5 a.m. games in my days off. And I got up for for 
most of the 8 a.m. games, and I watched every 11 a.m. game. That's my time, too. Three hours ahead if you're on on the East, two hours in, in Central Time, obviously. How much I watched a lot of soccer, and it was marvelous. Did you, you know, it? you know, I never lied to you because you're always disappointed in my answers. You know, it's the honest truth, and it always disappoints you. I watched the entirety of U.S. versus England. That is the only World Cup I watched. Okay. Did you like it? Were you into it? That was a, we played pretty well against England. We did play pretty well, even though it was nil-nil. Um, Ooh, I thought we were you. the better team. We looked like the better team. I don't know a ton about strategy. We looked like we had more chances to score than England. I know England was coming in as the heavy favorite to win that yeah. match. Kind of felt like a loss afterwards. I'm not soccer guy. You know this. Everybody listening knows this. It felt like a loss. I know. I know we were supposed to lose that game. It felt like a loss. Not a lot of clinical finishing. Not a lot of clinical fi- finishing. Um, we beat Iran. We'll, we'll hit this tomorrow. We beat Iran. We go through. We lose or draw in the parlance of our times, Tom. We um, we don't. I think it'll be actually pretty challenging. But of all the soccer things that are out there, because I expected this morning for you basically to be like, oh, I got to talk. You actually had a soccer story. You were into, and by the way, this we had a busy weekend, right? We had um, Alabama creeping back into contention. USC looks like they're a playoff team if they can win their conference championship. Michigan, in the end, routed Ohio State, who played so, so passively. We haven't even talked about the fact the Ravens, we told you they're a farce loss to the Jags, that the Chargers squeak went out against the Cardinals, that the Rams are still a joke, that the Seahawks aren't that good, that the Niners are defense is unstoppable. There's a lot going on in sports. There's, a, there's some basketball stuff. But it was a soccer story that captivated your heart, but not a World Cup story. Not a World Cup story, but the person that this story is about is playing in the World Cup and scored a goal recently. Your guy, Messi, who plays for oh, Argentina. Won an Argentina game. May, did you watch that game? Uh, I did not. I can't oh, lie Oh, it was amazing, dude. They had to win or they were eliminated, basically. They were in a, a really feisty draw against Mexico who is not my team because I'm a USA fan, and Mexico-USA are huge rivals. And Messi basically pulled off a wonder goal to take all the pressure off his team. But I'm, I'm sorry, I digress. So Messi, captivated your heart. Captivated Messi, your, heart. your guy, may or may not, but depending upon what report you do or don't read, it had me reading the London Times, Messi may be coming to MLS, Major League Soccer, right here in the United States soccer! for Inter-Miami, who's partially owned by David Beckham. That's a big deal, no? Yeah, I think it's a big deal. So the report is that Messi has basically not signed, but is leaning toward going to um, going to Miami's MLS team. There's reports today saying it's not done yet. Now I've been following this for two or three years. So can I give you the uh, soccer aficionado La Liga Barcelona fan perspective? Oh, please do, because I've been following this story for about twelve hours. Let me ask you this: Would you, if Messi played in MLS? Would you honestly go? I don't even know where the New York Red Bulls play. Are they in the city? Or are they up in the Bronx? Uh, the Red Bulls play in Jersey. They play in Jersey. Yeah, the Red Bulls play in Jersey. Would that makes the answer more likely? Would you actually on your weekend or on a night when you're not working spend the money and go to an MLS game to watch Messi play? If there was anything that could draw me to the MLS, working with you for 18 months now, and you love this guy. You love him, and he's still not over the hill yet. He's 35. I know he's getting older. As we just said, he just scored a goal in the World Cup. His career is not completely done. If there was 
anything that would get me to a major league soccer game, it would be Messi. Right. So is there anything? Would you go? Yes. Yes. I would. would. Yes. All right. I would. So here's the deal. He has been well-known for years, and he wants to eventually go to MLS. He and his family bought a really expensive property, I think on South Beach, a couple years ago. They, they're, they're from Argentina. They speak Spanish. Miami is in many ways the capital of South America, even though it's obviously in the States. I've lived there. It's incredible. So there would be a, a, a familiarity with language. They own property. They spend some time there. He still lives in Barcelona and goes home to Argentina. So it's always been part of the plan, but I, I don't think it's decided yet. I think he could stay at PSG. I think he could go back to Barcelona. He'll eventually play in MLS. I think it's a little premature to suggest that it's done because all along the thinking has been he's going to get the World Cup, he's going to focus on the World Cup, and then when it's over in January, he'll start to figure out what he's doing next year. Now, you lay this out for me. I'm going to fast forward a little bit and say this eventually does get done one way or another. Is this a retirement tour? Is this a, yes. an all-time icon playing his last few seasons in a lesser league? It would be... I, I'm going to insult so many MLS fans if any of them listen to this. It would be as if, let me think, as if Jim Jackson, right, who is a friend of the show and a friend of mine played in the NBA for a long time, were to play in a league with us. That is how Messi would do <laughs> in MLS. Let's let's uh, let's relate this to what we did last segment. Would this be Aaron Rodgers this season, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson? Is Would it be that ugly given that MLS is not to the standard no. of the foreign leagues? No, I think that Messi could go with both hands tied behind his back and score a multitude of goals. He's also still amazing. Part of the reason it doesn't make sense is that he's going to hit a wall eventually, but he's really talented still. There's no Guys usually go to MLS when they can't compete at the highest level. Um, can I ask you a totally random non-soccer question? Like a to- Can we non-soccer to this? I love the, I love the soccer, and we'll talk America tomorrow. Can I just ask you before we get to the update and, and, and maybe talk some college football chaos, can I just, a question popped into my head. You made me think about people being over the hill. Can I ask you a question? I'm ready. I'm ready for your random question. Which Russ is more washed? Russell Westbrook Ooh. or Russell Wilson? Like, not a great stretch for the Russes. Uh, no, no. It's been very ugly recently for the Russes. Uh, I'm going to say, actually, it's Russell Wilson, believe it or not. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Because he's still... Whatever happens, he still gets to be the quarterback of that team, right? He's not humiliated to be in, in effect, a backup, which is what Westbrook is. It's different in the NBA. There's more space, obviously, but there's not one guy that's the guy. that. But you think, wow. I don't, also, I don't think he's going to be there for the entirety of that contract. I think it's getting that ugly. You don't think that there's a – let me ask you this. Because I was, I was thinking about this this morning. I don't have an answer. and I know it's my job to have one, so help me. Oh, live producing. Is there a head coach out there who's not Nathaniel Can't Hack It, who brings in the right coordinator, is the right offensive mind, who's able to make sure Russell Wilson is the best version of himself, whatever that looks like, is markedly better, whatever that looks like? That head coach is out there, and Russ played a decade with that head coach. Other than that guy, because that, that, that guy won that, 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 that guy won that, I mean, that guy won that divorce. I don't think so because the reason that divorce happened clearly looks like it was Russ's ego. Russ wanted to be more in the MVP conversation. Russ wanted to cook. I don't think so. Unless this season has bruised Russell Wilson's ego that much where Russ could sign on for a head coach 
who would limit him more, like Pete Carroll did, I don't think so. Do you know what's the only thing worse than having a spouse who uh, won't cook? Uh, what's that? A spouse who wants to cook but isn't able to. Thinks they can cook and can't. That's Russ. He can't cook, can he? It's getting to the point where you have to look, as you mentioned, is this going to go down as one of the worst contracts in NFL history? If you had to spend your money and your time, you had to spend your own money. This is the last question. Next year, and you had to either go to five NBA games when Russell Westbrook's in town, which is actually isn't going to happen because of the way the schedule works, but for the sake of the argument, right? You had to go watch... Russell Wilson played five games. Again, not going to happen. He's not going to come to New York five times. Or you had to watch Messi five times. Where, which, 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 because I know you like the other sports a lot more than the soccer. So if you go to an NFL game to watch Russell Wilson, you still get to watch NFL football. I think this is an easy one, but I think I'm cheating my my response here a little bit. Uh, I'm going to opt for the Lakers and Russell Westbrook because I get to see LeBron five times. Okay. That was a good answer. You get to see the Messi of basketball. Yeah, it's not necessarily because I want to see Westbrook, but I get to see the Lakers, and I'm assuming Anthony Davis will still be around, given that he's been playing pretty well. Tom Chitko DeCelestino. I love everything about it. Let's do this. Let's talk some college football chaos. I've got an argument for Alabama, and there's no chance Ohio State belongs in that college football playoff Final Four. We'll get into all of that and more after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Erica Herskowitz. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Diesel, I'm telling you, man, the people love you. Legitimately. I think it's more of a love-hate relationship. I think they love, love to hate me. What listener has ever said they hate you? Uh, I don't know if they've said that directly, but, you know, mm. it's uh, it's the vibe I get. I need you to believe in yourself, okay? You're not Russell Wilson. Everybody likes you here. Got All it. Right? <laughs> you are not Russell Wilson. Uh, would you like to hear something interesting? Always. And free. Always. Definitely free. And, and helpful. Absolutely. This season, Tom, and everyone else, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast streamed live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, holiday triple headers, and every postseason game catch all the action on the Odyssey app, on westwoodonesports.com, via Westwood One Station streams, or by asking Alexa, that's the device, not your neighbor Alexa, to open Westwood One Sports. It's all sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check, check engine light for free. And get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get on the zone, zone auto zone. Uh, we just got my daughter uh, one of these. Here's my question. What if your name is Alexa or Alex? You could say Lexus and the thing will, you know, you could say uh, anything in the, what if your name is Alex? How do you use Alexa? Uh, that's tough. I have one as well. We use it on a daily basis. That would be really tough if that was your name. It would be annoying. Can you change it? So Can you make it, hey, D-Cell? 
I don't play this song. I don't think that's a thing. No, I don't think you could change the name. You can't change the name. I don't think so. I would change it to D Cell because it make me laugh. Hey D Cell, do my bidding, and then it would say okay. Be a nice little change of pace. It would say <laughs> it would say okay, but then not do it. <laughs> that's why I would do. It would do right. No, it wouldn't. It would it would be an upgrade. It's what they call in the tech world <laughs> upgrades, uh, Tom. Um, what a really interesting weekend in college football. Michigan, in the end, handily beat Ohio State. And I think it's worth noting, I don't, in terms of what I think that should mean, which is Michigan's in, barring catastrophe against Purdue, which would be shocking, Michigan should be in the college football playoff Final Four, and Ohio State should not be. With that final score, should not be. And I was the one making the case if this came down to a possession. If it was like Alabama's two losses, I think are by a combined four points, if it was one of those kind of games, okay, fine, cool, sure, give Ohio State maybe the benefit of the doubt. For me, Ohio State's out. And that would be true in any scenario. Could, the game could have been played in Ann Arbor. The game was played in Columbus. And, and that should mean even more in the win column for Michigan, not that they need it, they're going to beat Purdue, and in the loss column for Ohio State. TCU was able to get to 12-0. Now, they play a Kansas State team that you may not know much about or, or watch very often, but that's a really interesting football team. They're a good football team. And, Tom, I haven't looked. I think they might be top 10 now in the AP Top 25. Uh, number 12. I looked this 12. morning. They got close. Okay. USC wins a big game, and they just they just dominated Notre Dame. I mean, I I was watching that game with, with some guys, and we were talking about Notre Dame. About It's hard to know what Notre Dame is. And I think at the end, it's they're just not well coached, Tom. Uh, I watched this game start to finish. I am with you. It never felt, let's say this, the final score was not indicative of how that game was actually played. Now, Caleb Williams has had better statistical games this season. Threw for 230 yards. I think he didn't even rush for 50. He was in control of that game start to finish. At every step, you knew USC was going to win that football game. Almost Almost from the jump. And give Lincoln Riley credit. I don't think we've talked about him probably enough on the show, and we should. Because it's early in the process. He's not supposed to be here. He's done a good job, but it just felt like what he was building would come to its culmination or its beginning of its culmination, college football playoff appearances. You know, next year, the year after, obviously the thing's going to expand. The fact that they are in the mix and barring, not only do they play Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, which, by the way, is not a sure thing. Utah's a good football team. That's the one team USC lost to. So you get to avenge your loss, you're in. And then after that, it's Ohio State at 5 and, and Alabama at 10 and 2. So here's kind of where I come down. Georgia's in no matter what, but LSU had a bad loss over the weekend. You've got to think LSU is not going to win that football game. Georgia, I don't think, will look past them. And, and Georgia's at a different level and different class than everyone else in college football. So they're going to they're gonna be in. Even if they lost, I, I think they're in anyway. Right, 12-1 and SEC team I think is in anyway. Clemson had a brutal loss to South Carolina. They're done. They're finished. They're dusted, which is good. They didn't belong. Michigan's going to beat Purdue. They're going to be in. Here's my question, Tom. TCU playing K-State is probably the one. And USC playing Utah, I think it's above 50% one of those teams lose that game. One One of the teams that are playing for a college football playoff berth lose one of those games. If that happens, and it needs to happen, I'm with Nick Saban that I think it's Alabama over everybody else. And Saban, with a little more humility, by the way, talked about why he thinks they should not be ruled out. It's a great opportunity for our team to be considered. 
Um, I think we lost two games on a road against two top 10 teams by four points. Um, so um, we are a good football team, and hopefully people will recognize that. I mean, I, it's the SEC, which we, we, we hold in. I can't believe I'm making the case for two SEC teams because it annoys me toward myself. But they lost on the road, combined four points. They're a great football team. They have a tradition. I personally don't think a one-loss Ohio State team should get in. I know Ryan Day thinks they should, but Ryan Day didn't do a lot of thinking on Saturday, so I'm not really sure how much that matters. (laughs) I don't think a one-loss Ohio State team should get in when that loss was at home by a sizable margin to a Michigan team that was clearly better and clearly better coached. By the way, Jim Harbaugh, holy cow. Talk, what what a story of coaching it is in college football. And I know recruiting plays a, a role in that. And we didn't hit this because I was gone, but the, the report out there, the speculation, the belief that Lane Kiffin's going to stay at Ole Miss. I mean, if you think Lane Kiffin's one of the next great things or the great thing, what a, what a miss for Auburn. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, Lincoln Riley in particular, Alabama, all of those programs have remarkable coaches. And it came to the forefront largely over the course of the weekend. Do you want to push back against Bama? I mean, the Clemson loss is like what is what for me, right? Clemson's out. I guess there's a case to be made. Like, would you would you exclude if TCU loses and USC loses? I don't know what you do. If they both lose, I've been racking my brain for the last, oh, I don't know, 36 hours. Who is that fourth team? Now, if they both lose, if USC and TCU both lose their conference championship games, I think one of them will still get in. And I probably, depending upon how, you know, the game is played, I would, yeah, I would think it's, I would think it's TCU. Oh, I don't think so. You think a two loss USC would get in. I just don't think people actually hold TCU in high regard on that level, and that they are required to put, and they are. I, I think the people in that committee, and I'm speculating, would rather TCU not play and are rooting against them. So a two-loss non-champion USC would get in in that scenario, in your mind? Would you ever make the case, I wouldn't, but would you ever make the case for K-State or Utah? Like, like if you're Utah, and you beat USC twice, and you're the— I mean, I, it just feels like you have to put in someone from the Big 12 or the Pac-12 if, if this chaos continues. I don't see how Alabama doesn't get in if one of these teams lose. I think Nick Saban, I was surprised. In, in, you know, in years past, he's gotten over the top demanding that his football team, who wasn't going to win the SEC championship, who had a, a loss or two uh, during the regular season, that there's no way they could be left out of the college football playoff. Bill, I think he could have went even further. They lost to number six Tennessee at the time. The Vols yep. were number six on a last-second field goal in Knoxville. Last-second field goal. Then, oh, by the way, their other loss, number 10 at the time, LSU, in overtime because Brian Kelly had the stones to go for two. They were super competitive in both of those games. The, the LSU loss obviously looks a lot worse, and it'll be interesting to see how, how LSU performs against Georgia. They get blown out by four touchdowns. Here's the thing. Georgia's in, right? Georgia's in. I think Michigan's going to beat Purdue. Anything can happen. Michigan's in. If TCU loses to K-State and USC, which I don't think will happen, loses to Utah, okay, like Alabama for me third. Who's the fourth team? I'm not I, – I just – I know there's going to be a push for Ohio State. And I was at the top of the list saying they should 
the loser of Ohio State Michigan should get in if it's a close game. I don't it wasn't a close game. Ohio State got blown out in their own building. They looked unimaginative. They looked conservative. They looked tepid. They have athletes who can match Michigan's, and they look like they were playing scared football for a huge chunk of that game. They gave up big plays on defense. I, For me, Ohio State's out, Tom. Ohio State has two top 25 wins this season. Week one against a bad Notre Dame team who somehow was number five in the preseason poll. Okay, right. they beat Notre Dame week one. Then they beat number 13, Penn State. Okay, fine. That's a good win. That's a solid win, 44-31. to 31. Good win there. The rest of their schedule built up. The Big Ten is not a good conference, top to bottom. Those solid wins, those, those strength of schedule, it's just not there for Ohio State. You can't lose like that at home to your biggest rival so close to selection time. That, that's just going to linger. I don't see how they get in. The only chance they have is if USC and TCU both lose. And as you laid out, I still wouldn't put the Buckeyes in. I mean, you're not you're not going to put in what would be a ten and three K State <laughs> team into the college football playoffs. So as we talk this out, as we go through it, are we actually telling ourselves that maybe Clemson isn't dead? Clemson is not a very good football team. I would re- Ohio State before Clemson in a heartbeat. Now they should be the ACC champs. They're going to play North Carolina. Now, in theory, they would be a two loss conference champion. Oregon's got three losses too, right? Yeah. And Utah's got three losses. I'm just trying to think who's still left. Does Utah have, Utah has three losses now? Because I think they're undefeated at home, and cra- if I remember this right, crazy mediocre on the road. The Pac-12 actually beat itself up this year. I I was I was I was alone. I thought the Pac-12 was actually a lot better than people gave it credit for this year. Look, I think USC is going to win that game. So I think what's gonna it's going to come down to for me is, and if it's chaos, it's chaos, and I don't know the answer. I think it's it's Georgia, it's Michigan. USC goes to three when you know when they win that game. If TCU loses, TCU is obviously out, and it's Alabama. That God, I hate it so much. I do, and I'm a Saban homer. Like that's my one SEC sort of exceptionalism place where I'll, I'll lean into it. Now there will definitely. Definitely, definitely be a school or two, whether it's TCU if they lose or Ohio State, who feel like they should have gotten in. But isn't this isn't no. isn't this great? Isn't no. the chaos of a fourteen playoff great? Like none of this, none of this conversation that we just had would matter in a twelve team playoff. None of it. They'd all be getting in. They, I mean, dude, it's it's not tiddlywinks. You're supposed to like have competition and have all kinds of scenarios and let these guys play for a championship. And you'd have some of this debate at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I think it would be great. And you'd have other programs and other schools that are suddenly in the mix that are competing. I mean, Kansas State would be playing. If Kansas State beat TCU, they'd be in the college football playoff in a 12-team playoff, right? But, But out, I think, if they lost, you'd have all these meaningful games, man. Tennessee would still be a part of it. Penn State would still be a part of it. Clemson would be playing for a shot. Notre Dame, you know, had they not lost USC, would have had a real chance. All right. It is fun, isn't it? I root for chaos. I love it. I do too, dude.
Uh, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst extraordinaire, is going to join us and, uh, and talk this weekend's NFL slate next year on CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.